it's Friday. Oh, I thought you said y'all. I've been saying y'all. I don't even know if I said y'all or yo. But I've been I just doing know it in a, in a in it's awkward Friday. way. I don't really say y'all in my daily daily lives, but you I just always don't say your chin. On I the stand there when you're talking. I'm testing my length, my distance. <laughs> sure, that comes over great to the um, listeners. But I've been doing that with my kids lately because there's so many of them. Um, I'll just be like, y'all, y'all need to hush. I, I'm gonna walk out, and then I walk out of the house. Y'all need to quit <laughs> fighting. And I find it funny because I never say y'all to anybody, but I guess y'all. Yeah, what, now once you have a horse of children, you how much? Only the question is, how much sweet tea do you drink? Yeah. Now, I do have to cut tea. <laughs> so I just You're got back. You're going to start saying, y'all, my kids you have to drink way more sweet My tea. kids all pick up like this southern accent that I don't know where they get it from. But when they start being silly, they'll just start talking. I don't know. And like it comes out of nowhere. My kids are where that. are you listening to this? Where is this coming from? My kids Avery's the best. Like he'll just be talking with the southern drawl. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you I, doing that? See, I'm just confused with Avery because I have the time to understand anything he's saying anyway. I I do. It's in a subject he's that I don't even understand. I have understand. two speech impediment children in my house, so I can understand quite a bit. <laughs> it's not the speech impediment, it's just the fact that he's so off the wall that I don't even know where he's coming it's from. It's bad right that now. some speech impediments i know he needs to get it fixed just so he you know can grow up to be a good adult but i don't want it to go away because it's cute (laughs) there's definitely words that have done Uh, to this day uh, i have a 15 year old uh now and uh, we still say fry fries in our house it's just weird you don't don't get rid of it that's still (laughs) in fact there's a restaurant now called biscuitis my eight-year-old still says avt Instead of ATV, and but we're also gonna have him check for dyslexia. So that might be uh, why. Yeah, not sure. That can well, be strange. Good to see you guys. Uh, <laughs> this is the podcast. Folks, back. thanks for tuning in. I just got back from vacation. Technically, a small vacation. I was we, gone. All was three of us got back three days in from like yeah. three vacations it was in a row. Three you guys weeks had much better in a very uh, consecutive manner. Uh, we've all decided. I think. We all know that we have kids that are going back to school, and it was like all of a sudden Wait, we need over. to get a vacation guys, in. <laughs> unfortunately, you guys actually got vacations. You went somewhere. I was still in Missouri in a small hotel with five kids. I so didn't you stop you went, from going somewhere know, else. It's <laughs> called a staycation, Jason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't stop me. My bank no. account did. The funny thing is, uh, that's okay. Dad, dad hadn't gone on a vacation uh, since mom passed, so he'd been talking about doing it forever. All of a sudden, I said, Dad, we just booked a trip to Florida, and I booked a ticket for you. And then John calls me, you booked Dad a ticket? I'm going to take him on vacation the week before. So Dad got, Dad <laughs> two, got two straight. Like, he got home for two days, washed his clothes, and then jumped back down a plane and went to Florida. I was going to make him go with me, but I didn't really. <laughs> he to. told you no. I didn't need, it. <laughs> I didn't need another body students. in the hotel. There's plenty in the hotel room. <laughs> But now that we're all nice and relaxed and back for some, no. uh, yeah. what? Yeah, I, I want to point that out. Uh, is a vacation? Was it relaxing? Does anybody feel like they are better off? See, I watched. I've seen all these other like TikToks and all this of these a dad on vacation versus a fa- on a family vacation, it's and true. it is absolutely the truth. Dad ends up coming back going, "Oh my god, I just spent a week harder work than when I was actually." The one benefit in. is um, I was in an accident. While you were gone, I don't that know if you knew that or not. Normally, people don't. I wrecked that a my benefit. truck, not bad, but I wrecked my truck, so I couldn't bring my camper. It was supposed to be a camping trip this week. Mm. You knew that. that yeah, I did. You were there. Um, <laughs> it was a camp. I was supposed to be a camping trip. The only benefit to this trip is we didn't camp because we do camp. I set up the camper and I basically cook the entire time in the heat outside, and 
I, so I, I didn't really do enjoy that camping, but it becomes a lot of work. Shailen so has a great hard. vacation, but I... <laughs> so hard. And then with all the heat, it was I think my away. kids do. I have to say, I will say, my wife does end up working pretty hard on. Uh, I uh, Yeah, uh, getting everybody else in trouble. Camping Thanks. trips. She doesn't <laughs> listen. She doesn't listen to anything I make, so I, so I can say what I want. Anyway, camping yeah. is fun. Vacations, vacations are tiring. When you have kids, I think are more work. You have to plan. I, I was told you have to do two vacations. One is a family vacation, so yes, the kids enjoy experience and you're doing a family thing and then just give your kids to somebody some random stranger and your wife and <laughs> that, you go out on a vacation right. but that doesn't work with my wife most of the time because she's always like oh, i just want to experience the world with our kids yeah and i want to take the kids I learned until that lesson. Do. i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you i want to i know we're going over time here but i want to point this out every vacation i've ever had with my wife including the ones that we went to the same places on this particular trip that we're like we're going to go there because I want my kids to see it. And when we went there originally, it was always the whole time. Boy, I can't wait for the kids to see this. This is going to be great. They're going to enjoy this, blah, blah, blah. There was not a single one of those things that, they, that we saw that we were like, they uh, <laughs> that they cared about. I mean, they did, but they didn't. In the end, I told my wife, I said, here's the deal. I never, ever want to hear you say, I want my kids to experience this because the fact is they just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> well. None of it's fun for me. I just want to go home and take a nap. So, <laughs> moving on. So send your wife out on a vacation exactly. with the kids, and then you that's go, your vacation. You go, I've been there already. Oh, that's the fun God. part. She gets mad because I've been there already, and then yeah. she was like, I don't know. All right. So what are we here to talk about, guys? Uh, I, I thought vacations. Wasn't this no, a vacation episode? No. no. It ends up we, we are supposed to be talking no. about acoustic guys, instruments. Guys, can I first say I've really enjoyed the podcast. We've had no, some great guests on here. Um I have every one of them. It's still new enough that I listen back when you first anybody at home that does some sort of creation thing. Like if you're making an album in a, in a studio, you get so burned out on those songs. You don't want to listen to the album. Once it's finally released, you listen once and go, all right, I'm done. Um, same with the TV show. We watched like the first season. And then after that, it's like, I, I, was there a new I episode? Tons I, you guys haven't even seen. I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen half the episodes because no. you have to edit them. And then podcast is still new enough. I'm enjoying it. Every episode I'm listening to them on the weekend. So uh, our, our big viewer count you know is that mostly tells me, us. John, he doesn't pay attention during the podcast. No, <laughs> no you want to sit there and talk. I also go back and I've enjoyed going back and listening to these podcasts, but I skip everything that you two say and move on to the I really sit there important with a, stuff. A deciphering tool that I got out of one of the, the uh, cereal boxes <laughs> and try to figure out what point John was trying to make. I, I started with the first letter of each word thinking that maybe it's a secret message. He's got some sort of code. Rambling and coherent. In the middle of his rambling. So we're talking about speech. today, we decided we're going to talk about, we've, we've said in the past, this is the golden era of guitar building. We want to know, does that, what does that mean? Does that mean that there's just some really good guitars every now and then? Or is it that the is consistency that and the bar level has been raised so high? Is that what we're doing? I think that's what we're doing. No. That wasn't what we decided to do. But. Okay, what was it? We're supposed to do, are they consistent? What did I just say? That's not the goal. That is exactly what I just no, said. No, it isn't. You brought up your problem. I said in the past we were brought up. This is going to be in the editing. The I can't wait. Era. This is going to no, be great. Does this is that mean there. that you get one good guitar or is it consistently? I just said. All I that. hope you guys okay, are enjoying well, this. But we're going to make use okay, the catchphrase golden era. We're going to make it a broader <laughs> podcast than originally discussed because Jeremy decided to take his own take on what we were discussing. So is this the golden era of guitar making? That is not what I said. Is this the golden era of guitar? I said in the past. In John, our is videos, this the golden era? Can, can I get a yes from somebody? So we, yeah, hey man, can I go to the bumper? Can, can I get a yes? Hey Jeremy, is this the golden era of guitar making? 
Yes. We have previously said this is the golden era of guitar making. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you have too many chefs Does in the kitchen. Does that mean the guitars are being more built more consistently? Hey, Jeremy, to be concise, is this the golden era of guitar making? I think it might be. Stay tuned to Stay find tuned. out. Take me away, because I can be the way. Let somebody go when I can have my way. So we're in the golden era of guitar building. Guitar building right? Some people say this might be the golden era of guitar building. Experts have said. Anyway. You're to, welcome. To, to put a more fine tip on this point. No. So my original premise was. Are you done? No. Go ahead. You will cut it. My off. original point was we get this asked a lot, a question that pertains a lot to the new selling of instruments online. Um, the uh, consistency of these builders these days, uh, guitars overall, even from the low end to the high end, used to be in the 80s, 60s, 70s. In- inconsistency. Can in- I point out in- something? You were born in 83, and he's going to give us a- I know my history. In- <laughs> Talk about inconsistency in was rampant. Child <laughs> rampant building. Could we please? Was rampant. Um, you'd buy one guitar from Martin, and the next uh, one would be completely different. Yeah. Uh, even larger consistency builders, is yeah, a major a problem. So my my argument now is, and it seems to me, I'm not playing every guitar over there. But, uh, you're not talented. Yes, I know. But <laughs> from let's let's get focused, please. Okay. Um, but. I see them being more consistent these days, uh, even from entry-level instruments all the way up to the boutique builders, which I d- discuss the differences. But I think consistency isn't as big an uh, issue as it was earlier, which goes back to what I was discussing earlier, or started this this sentence with. It's a very long sentence. Um, <laughs> yeah. Buying online isn't that big a deal because we get some people that are extremely adverse to buying online because they have to play every instrument to pick the best one or the right one, or they have us pick the right one out. When in general, there are, there are, in, are, are some that are a little bit better, but consistently they are of a certain quality and none below that. And I think that comes back to, Techniques, uh, refining of the the building techniques that they have, and also equipment, uh, so technology. I, I think you've made a valid point somewhere in there. I got my decipher key out. Um, <laughs> no, well, if you wouldn't interrupt me the entire time, I would quit laughing. I think I you are correct. It. The job of a luthier now is no longer. It, I think it used to be almost like furniture building, where it was getting the perfing, getting the, the binding done, getting all your braces the right way. And it was kind of like a, a this is how you build a couch or a chair. But then they started to realize, I'm sure they did this early on, realize that each piece of wood is different. It reacts different. And now luthiers are spending, and uh, our podcast with uh, Richard Hoover really went to that. It's, it's become more of the science of getting the same amount of tone and sustain and and clarity yeah. out of whatever piece of wood is in front of you. So the job of a luthier shifted from the the technical building and how to build a guitar and how to assemble a guitar to how to treat each wood and, and use the science and um, 
understanding that you developed to say, all right, this piece of wood is not responding the same way that this one did. What am I going to do different? What can I tweak here? What can I do different on the bracing or the thickness of the top or, or that? And I think all those builders that are, and that's even includes some of the mass produced ones like Eastman and, uh, I'm sure there's a number of these out there. Breedlove. Breedlove um, that are actually treating each wood using science in their building now. Uh, Breedlove does a great job of using actual readings of the pieces of wood to get a consistency out of those. But then there's also people using their ear and just saying, all right, this piece of wood's more dense. I'm going to have to treat it differently than I did that other one. Where the inconsistencies really came when everybody was just like, every wood, we want the braces this thick. We want It was trying to do the car manufacturing with an organic material. I think it comes down to the competition that came uh, post the, I don't know what you call it. I forget what Richard here called it, but it was the uh, the independent builder's uh, exploding Luthier's Guild. Luthier's Guild. So we uh, back in the day, we had a certain level or a certain number of builders, Martin being the top for steel string, obviously, and the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it to the side and <laughs> pointed this way. Anyway, thank you. Um, but you had Martin being the number one uh, manufacturer. There really wasn't a competition for them to refine their techniques. They had what... Uh, what CF Martin the first third I don't remember who was the first CF Martin to build instruments anyway Charlie. he had his techniques which he was innovated Charlie. it was Charlie Martin thank you Charlie um, <laughs> but he, he they they were innovative in their world but that started in the turn of the century but then you get into this world of Dana Bourgeois and Richard Hoover and all these guys that took and built on what they had and said I want to make this better I want to do something. Completely out of that. So then they, were they start looking at different. Yeah. Rather than copying what they're doing, they're like, what is this doing and how do I study it? And you have people that go off. So there's those different shoots. There's guys like Richard Hoover and Dana Bourgeois that look at that and say, I want to learn what this is doing and make my own version of that. But then you had guys like Preston Thompson who studied those golden era of guitars and decided to make them as good or better with new techniques there. So you have these diverging, but it's all built off of this, you know, on the shoulders of giants type of situation. And I think it's that where we've gotten to this point where that, you know, that that goes back to the golden age of building guitars. Yes, I think we are. But the consistency, I think it's because we're studying how these guitars are made, how they're and and you get that the, the what, 80, 90 years of seeing what happens when you brace a guitar this way or brace it a different way, you know. So I think. The consistency comes from the study of the past and also just narrowing in on that, you know, refining everything you do to these instruments to find the right thing. Am I, I right? I'm not going to I'm not going to say you're both right and also wrong at the same time. <clears throat> Here's my theory on uh, how this all kind of came about. I think you had your original builders, uh, the Washburns, uh, the Martin Guitars. Lions and Healy's. Well, even before Lion and Healy, um, Martin Guitar, who's developing all this new st- uh, gut strings as well as they were doing these really crazy techniques and paying attention to every single detail and watching all this stuff. 
<clears throat> then as it grew, a lot of those details actually disappeared when they started realizing they had to come up in bigger numbers. Uh, we go to uh, Orville Gibson. Orville Gibson's taking these wild and crazy ideas and building those. And then when they get investors to be able to go, hey, we need to build a whole bunch of mandolins and we need to do it like this. All right, so let's redesign this. Instead of this carved back that we do out of a flat piece, let's do it. Make it replicable. Make it this, and we got to make it replicable. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> Martin took a lot of things that we now have come back back to uh, and took them out of their process, uh, slotting bridge pins, or not slotted bridge pins, but slotting bridges and not the bridge pins. They took those out of there to can make a better, more uh, quick uh, efficiency. Yeah. Which has taken your Henry Ford uh, example all the way to the max. Now, it kept going to the point where numbers just got crazy during the 60s uh, and late, uh, late 60s, early 70s, when, pro when quality just went out of the window for most people because they just were trying to figure out how to get things out the door and that wasn't worried necessarily about you know this how do i keep things from coming back overbuild and how do i keep it you know getting out of the door quick i'm not going to pay as much attention to that detail i think that's where that term golden age came from it originally had where we weren't trying to mass produce for lots of people it was for small amounts of people building higher quality instruments and that's what people kind of think of as that golden age of, of instrument building <clears throat> then we got fast forward to where the quality kind of goes crazy and then it was really funny because that's when most people started talking about consistency and the fact that they can't buy i could buy one guitar that sounds great and the very next five of them i don't like at all and <clears throat> i think that just came down to the fact that they weren't able to pay attention to those details then comes technology and i think it's you know like i said less of you know the the study of you know what this has done over the amount of years but the technology just came to where i could make it more consistent and easily replicate all those things faster quicker and do it with all those attentions to detail, because now I've freed up all that extra time. I can do it. Companies like, you know, uh, Eastman, Yamaha, companies like that came up with ways to get uh, a a very churnable, uh, yeah, consistency. And as like a, uh, uh, what am I thinking of here? Like Henry Ford's assembly line style, but do it with a lot more de uh, attention to detail because of the fact the technology, the the sanding, the uh, everything was more consistent out of that. So now I can go back to voicing them individually. Well, it goes back to so the consistency and the study of it, because everybody argues that every piece of wood is different, no yeah, matter what, and, and it's all true. different. So you're you're contesting that technology has allowed us to study those pieces of wood, know exactly, exactly. how they react to this bracing or th how thin they'll be or how so. There, so it's, but a, it, that that argues the same thing that I was saying because the technology can be either the experience and study of the wood or actual technology as in the uh, resonant frequencies being mapped by computers. Oh, it's, and it's gone and, way further yeah. than what, uh, you know, there was that innovation and uh, the ability to kind of just go in a new world and, and listen to these instruments and create something that was unique and different and know on an individual basis what each instrument was going to be. I think that has happened, and that's been proven in the violin building world. Um, you know, these people have kind of built this over uh, many, many uh, centuries here of, of that. Now, the steel That's string a good guitar. point right there. I'm going to stop you. So guys like Stradivari and, and Guarneri, they were, they were famous because there was a certain level of consistency to their instruments, correct? That's why everybody thinks every Stradivari, well, innovation, but yeah, well, that's part of it. So everyone, so this comes back to that, a consistent 
builder is the most in in demand builder because they can make every instrument. They study it. That's when they built a violin. Absolutely, but see, they that's, made everyone sound. The issue as good was as that that was not accessible to everybody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and we can say that same thing you in the guitar world. Uh, you know, yes, we all have heard of guitar builders and known guitar builders, mandolin builders, whatever it happens to be. That all of a sudden everybody realizes they're building a great, consistent product that everybody says, you know, you know, because it's uh, it's easy for. Luthiers to build a one-off that all of a sudden one of them just sounds incredible. This one was great. And then the next one he says it's easy. Well, you know what I mean? It's, it's much easier to hear that done. Every builder that's ever done this has, has said, man, I had one that just turned out. So, you know, the skill comes from the years and years of being able to go, all right, how do I do that? Um, and get that to become, and once it is done, then you got, let's take a mandolin uh, builder like Steve Gilchrist, who all of a sudden has built this reputation of really great quality mail. Now everybody wants one. And now he's got to figure out how to get the numbers to do it while also creating that consistency because yes he can ramp up and all of a sudden go man i was building 12 mandolins last year this year i'm going to do 36 well that's doable but to say i'm going to do 36 that all stay in that same level of quality that same level of sound that's a whole nother world right and it's taken these companies to take the technologies that they are able to develop to kind of go there. It's hard to get a word in edge. I know, isn't it wild? You're, you're something. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was going to make a point that maybe it is the consumer demand that has caused this consistency boom where in that time period that Martin and Gibson kind of went through a rough patch of just saying, hey, we just got to pump out guitars. The customer really doesn't care. They just want our guitars. And then you had a few builders and that left a, a void where the, the Santa Cruz's and the callings and, and all these boutique builders popped up into this world and bourgeois bourgeois. And all of a sudden consumers are like, I want that. I want that tone. And that, that demand, obviously they, they started to shift and buy from these independent guys. And that made uh, these other major manufacturers go back and say, you know what guys, we got to retool and refigure out what we're putting out there. Cause we we're we've taken a hit in our reputation from just trying to pump stuff out there. The consumer wants a, this certain tone, this certain developed, developed guitar, and they want it on a consistent basis. We can't be having one really good one and three bad ones. So maybe the consumer demand that started to go to Steve Gilchrist and started to go to Bourgeois is what made every like it rose all the boats in the harbors. I think this is a chicken or the egg thing. Uh, I have an argument that I think might be pertinent here, and it is um, John sucks at podcasting. I uh, Um, but beyond argument there, um, I think you guys the only the only thing I says throw a wrench in in John's theory of of there being a cycle of everything being good and then going bad for, for the sake of uh, building enough numbers and then coming back up is I don't think those guitars were that consistent were they, or mandolins, especially there's lures out there that I hate to tell the owner who paid $90,000 for it are kind of dogs. Um, Was that consistency there? I still feel like there's an element to us building upon technology and experience to build these consistent guitars because there are some D28s out there from pre-war era that really aren't good. We've had a couple in here that don't stand up to your guitar, and there's no reason your guitar would be good other than happenstance. Um, Were they consistent, and did they get better at different rates with age, or were they inconsistent back then? 
do you think? I think uh, you got an argument that's there. I think it's more consistent now. I think they were as consistent as possible with the technology that was available to them at the time. I think what really so dogged I'm right them out and wrong again. Well, I just, you know, you're asking me. I think those ones that are legendary, the instruments that are legendary. There were more of them that were great than not. And I think you could say that with the Lloyd Lores. There were more of those Lores that were great than not, especially when you compared them to the generations that followed. Or the um, ones that before them. Or the ones before them. Well, I guess you can consider that. I mean, even the Steel String Martins before that golden age were very inconsistent and not great. And you'd have one or two. So there's an argument there. I, agree. I, I you know, I, we all know that there's a... When we talk about dreadnoughts and modern dreadnoughts, there is a 1935 to 38, 39 era that everybody knows roughly what that sound is. Even though there's slight differences there, and there's even some changes in bracing patterns and all that kind of stuff, there's still a consistent tone that everybody kind of knows of those eras of guitars, okay? So that tells me that there was a consistency there. There's also one, I guess, for the 70s, too, and it was it's just the bad. <laughs> um, but uh, that said, we all know what that was there. So there was consistency there. I, I agree. I agree with you 100%, which is what you started this podcast with, is we are way more consistent now than ever before. It will always be that way. Um, even in the cheapest guitars, it's just fact that technology has allowed that. Well, this goes back to another, even the cheapest guitars is... Not quite a true statement because that's the reason we don't carry some brands well, is they can make some great guitars and then some really bad ones. And that that really illustrates the point that we're discussing right now, or one of the points until Jeremy changed it, um, was the consistency of these guitars. So the hand-building element of it and the technology they put into it and the time and effort that people, certain brands put into their guitars to create consistency and not have one out of ten be good is is a huge part of this because there are certain brands that build to spec that don't hand carve their their tops or hands hand uh, uh uh tune tune their tap tune their tops and uh, carve their braces any of that stuff and they're very straight consistency. There's other brands that are doing that by hand, such as Eastman. They do take the time because they're able to with their economics to fine tune their guitars. There's other brands like Yamaha and uh, and and uh, Breedlove that are doing it straight with technology. So they're looking at tops before they're even cut, and they're looking at their braces before they're even cut, and they're imaging them and they're resonant uh, testing them and doing all this stuff to create a consistency directly with technology and uh, machinery. And then there are some brands that do nothing and just build everything to spec. And you get that inconsistency. There's even variation there. Like some will oh, just yeah. have, all right, here's a pile of this thickness and density of wood. Here's a yeah. pile of this thickness. They all these ones it. have this bracing. All these ones have this bracing. All these ones have that. And then there's others that say, carve all tops at this thickness. We've got to get all of them out and make sure they're thick enough that those mandolin tops aren't going to collapse. So you're going to probably overbuild them. And so, again, then it just comes to the piece of wood on whether you got a good one or a bad one. So they're... they're to say all consistency levels have gone up, I think, is a little bit of an overstatement. We still see that variance in the, that large, lower yeah. um, priced instrument. But in large, I think the demand of, and it's probably like Richard was saying, when they have this guild of luthiers, 
just that hive mind of people saying, you know what, we can do better. And it, I brought up the beer movement. Same thing happened there. Um, if you think of photography where, you know, you obviously had some really good early photographers and then you had Ansley Adams and those guys figuring out if I go in the dark room and start to do these cool new techniques, it just kind of raised the, the whole bar for all of them. Other people are like, oh, all of a sudden we could do these things we didn't realize we could do. And that causes that that consistency and that professionality and that demand for excellence that I think is what leads to the consistency. Like, like John said, Gilchrist could say, all right, my, I've got enough orders. I can do 50 of them. Let's not worry so much about voicing the tops. Let's just get 50 mandolins out. The, the backlash to that would be detrimental to his reputation. He won't allow that to happen. So he keeps the amount of instruments out just to make sure that the quality level stays that way. So it's that because they set the bar so high, they can't lower it now and they have to be consistent. I understand that. So here's a question. Here's a theory. Was it Henry Ford who destroyed guitar building and consistency of instruments? I think it was lack of competition. I still go back to that. I feel like the because the, Martin is more consistent now. The, I especially at a certain level, their guitars are. I think much uh, more consistent. I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. I think and even so more is Taylor, so than Taylor you, because all these major brands, when they didn't have competition, what reason would they have other than to put out? Uh, Instruments. I, uh, Gibson is uh, who who is a little bit slower to in the steel string world to you know be competitive in this is way more consistent. They're building these really cool reissue guitars that are consistent. I think it was. Uh, I think it just had to. They had to catch up with the times. They had to realize. Oh wait, there's a demand for this. We got to figure out how to do that on our scale. But there was also uh, like to go back to my. You know, was it the the fact that they had to get assembly line? Was that what slowed it down in the first place? They believed that at that time that was the demand. Demand was get guitars in people's hands. This is a, the whole idea. Like I said, I really truly believe there was more attention on a small uh, scale to every single individual guitar, voicing them. Those techniques are not new. Tap tuning. I mean, you oh, yeah. listen to uh, Richard talk about violin building. Tap tuning and and listening to how these instruments are built was way back in the violin worlds and and way past. You know, we're talking the, centuries ago. Um, the innovation comes in being consistent over a large amount of them. So. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think once America went through this boom of of assembly line and man, I can do this and I get a fairly consistent. Uh, yes, that consistency is a different consistency, but it's consistent. The thicknesses are all consistent. The build shapes are all consistent. Everything. Yeah, but was, the argument for that is all every piece of wood is different. You can't just build everything. That was the, the thing that wasn't known that. at the time. And, so it goes back to what I, I said earlier. It's taken years of studying to see what happens with these I instruments. I told you at the in time. the beginning, you're right and you're wrong. <laughs> That was the right part. You just didn't, prove, you didn't tell me where I was right. I, I needed to be told where I was right. Anyway. The Acoustic Shop Knows People is brought to you by the fine folks at The Acoustic Shop. The fine people over there. Have you guys ever heard of a mandolin? If so, you should already be in the car driving to the Acoustic Shop. If not, you should be on the World Wide Web searching up theacousticshop.com. If the answer is no, then you should go listen to a mandolin, then get back to step one and continue through the rest of the steps. As always, please drive safe.
Guys, it's time to review the AI. Oh, is it that time again? It is I that time love again. And this Ooh. is where AI we take a review. look at how the internet uses AI to the detriment of humankind. <laughs> um, so the top 15 mandolins, according to uh, String Kings, I found some interesting information in this. Um, one of the mandolins, it, it has a solid maple neck with rosewood fingerboard and conventional snakehead peg head. Um, it's hooked up to the body by a modified dovetail neck joint, not solely providing the genuine look, but additionally has a cushy form that's simple to play and provides a lifetime of serviceability. Mm. That's a very uh, important thing to look for in a mandolin. Um, I found another one here. Let's see, I got to look through this great review. The looks of this mandolin are improved by the silver frets, which might be nickel plated. Mm. The frets supply wonderful player expertise. Yeah, I. The neck is crafted from rosewood as well, which makes playing the mandolin easy. The mandolin is solidly manufactured that provides a warm and incredible sound. The sound that this mandolin provides takes you back to old times. The metal chrome-plated open-gear machine tuners permit elevated playability and simple tuning. The resonance that's produced by this mandolin is wealthy, deep, and brilliant. Wealthy. Can we all like get together and discuss the tonal properties of a rosewood neck? Yes, and the playability that it provides. When you have a rosewood neck, the playability is so much easier. And um, then uh, those nickel-plated silver wait a minute. frets make it pretty. Rosewood. There's no rosewood necks, is there? Even if there were, how does that affect the playability of it? Yeah, that would be a nice neck, though. Nice it would be. Um, it would also weigh like, like 500 pounds. pounds. Let this be a warning to you folks. Do not trust the internet. Uh, a machine wrote it. <laughs> Computers don't know how to sell instruments or I hate to break properly. it to people on the internet right now. Most of your top five uh, internet listings of anything you're buying right now are not actually written by anybody. <laughs> they are written by a machine. The, uh, machine machines, somebody? machines will get us a little further along, but we still need the, the human to get it across the finish line. <laughs> thank you, editors. Thank you for your doing your job properly. And thank you for your service. Salute. Thank you, AI, for selling us this wonderful mandolin made of. We get this AI a grade, neck. a passing grade. No. I give it a D minus. <laughs> D minus. It was a first attempt, and it should have been attempted twice. I cannot wait to play the Rosewood Neck Mandolin. Uh, I'm, I'm in more into those uh, nickel-plated steel frets, whatever they were. I didn't, just, why, would you, why would you plate frets with silver? <laughs> I don't know. That I seems like to. an extra effort that isn't worth it. All right, guys. This has been off. Rate Review the AI. Review the AI. AI, 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 AI. Not so right, right, right. The I, 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 back to our show. It is absolute truth that the consistency is where I think most over the last 40 years, probably maybe more, is where every manufacturer of musical instruments, and I'm going to go outside of the string world, where they really got started to recognize that it was less of an assembly line uh, style uh, consistency and more of a now we need to figure out how to do this and make the sound consistent. And I think that was what was the major focus for all these companies. Well, I think we could even go a little farther to, to, to a move that Dario made uh, with their string company that uh, it's just that maybe humans in general 
seem to progress and things get better and better with refinement and with knowledge that you had before that. I know Diderio talked for a long while that they would purchase strings just like all the string manufacturers. They would That core wire they get from one steel plant, and the steel plant, basically, they shift on what they're going to do. So they're building I-beams for high-rise construction uh, for this six-month period, and then they'll put a little window in there. We're going to make uh, core wire for the string manufacturers, and you got the six-week window that they're going to do that core wire and then they go back to doing something else because they were constantly shifting back and forth between how they were refining the steel. It was very inconsistent. One time they get this really good core wire and it was very consistent throughout the wire and breakage went down, tune sta- stability went way up and it was just right on. The next time they got that same core wire from that company, they had something different in the alloy. It would break easily. It didn't have the same. So Daddario went and said, we're going to make our own core wire. They actually got a smelt, I believe, where extrude. they smelt and extrude the steel. And that way they, they own the consistency behind it. And again, that's just one of these innovations that well, consistency matters. You, you're bringing up a point that I didn't even want to touch on, which would be banjos. Um the metallurgy <laughs> that goes into the banjos, the inconsistency of the metallurgy, yet the consistency of pre-war granadas of everybody thinking they're the greatest banjos in the world. That's that's a whole nother world that we don't even want to discuss because banjo. We'll have to bring in Jens to talk about that. He's very nutty. <laughs> they're nutty. <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it just goes back to I find it interesting that I think it comes from all angles. I think. The technology has brought us there. I think the experience and knowledge uh, being passed down one place to another has just grown us to this point and bring us into, wait for it, guys, the, the golden, golden age of guitar building yeah, and the consistency. Um, but I I find my point in the beginning, and I've, well, I'm going to stand on this. This is the podcast at the very beginning. I know, and just like Jason. I'm going to stand on this. I'm gonna, I know what he's about to say, and I'm about to go and, and just I completely, I completely, 100%, I will come out and say no specifically that guitars are 100% more consistent. And I don't think necessarily 100%. there are there is a diamond in the rough out there, but I don't think it's anything... That can't be overcome with a better setup, or I think that's the the fine details is what we're getting down to. But see now. now, I love that you got into this because this was something that I was watching from your initial statement that I was dying to get He's into. Waiting to set this I'm just trap, dying to oh, get into just, this. One. No, you just walked into this one. I think you're right. absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. And and wrong expectations. No, the question is expectations. Consumer expectations have now risen to the point that there will still be a consumer that will argue your point, which is ordering online. They are so consistent these days that it doesn't really matter. I agree with you if I was buying a guitar that was 20, 30 years ago and I saw the consistency right now, I would feel like, man, there's hardly any differences. I am watching people on forums that are having an absolute fit over the hundredth of an inch difference at the nut right now versus the next one, and I cannot play that well, guitar That brings up anymore. a huge point. Okay, so <laughs> we've been, in my my head, I've been specifically talking about Consistent in tone. Yeah. But consistent in building, that's a whole nother thing. Well, there yeah. I, there we can actually go to. There are companies that are absolutely consistent. Well, yeah, they and use technology. I argue CNC this machines. one, that it can be good and bad. Uh, and I know I'm moving off the point that I was about to make, but this is a, this is a good and a bad. So you can come back to I it. will write 
No, you don't have a pen. Um, but uh, we talk about this. Taylor Guitars and a lot of our guitar companies are Ferk. using a, C, Ferk, a CNC 100%. machine to 100% uh, percent to get, build their neck shapes. And every single one of them is exactly the same as the last. Mm-hmm. There's not a single one and of them that is a difference. And saddles and everything else, yeah. Exactly. So that is all well and good if you are that person that loves that neck shape and that deal. And so that brings to the argument. Not, so if, if you guys argue too much, if technology, I, well, just <laughs> my, my counterpoint, this is just a debate show these days. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm right. Like you're wrong. Um, <laughs> that brings them to the so gentleman if, from Missouri. gets if, five minutes. If technology were the only thing that made uh, more consistent guitars and better guitars these days, then that company that came out a few years ago, Maestro or whatever it was, that was 100% robot built, consistent, oh, which CNC, watch. then yeah. by, by proxy, I think is the correct term. They should be the best guitar in the world. Right. But they're not, there's that argument. So it's not just technology. No, specifically. It, it takes the human uh, factor that, that, and that's again, that reputation that these guys raise the bar and they know that they, what their customers expecting from them so is a consistent I quality tone. My argument solution. is the knowledge is a major point of that. Yeah. So it's building on all those different. And that, what was your original point though, that you got sidetracked? Well, I also have the solution for that. I have the solution for that. Don't forget problem that. that you have. Uh, audience, please don't forget that. about the expectations. <laughs> Remind us in a minute. We Put need to do that. that in your pocket. The, Save that for later. I have the solution. The problem is we can build now more technologically consistent instruments. We need more technologically consistent humans. Um, No, sir. (laughs) We need that human variability to make it take. No, but I'm talking about the buyer. Can AI build a guitar? If everybody had the same exact hand and liked the same feel, then the neck would be uh, absolutely there, and the body sizes of all of us, and the same ears, and the same thing that we hear. There's our problem. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach in my pocket and pull out this expectations note that I have. Please wait. um, I want to talk about something else. (laughs) Please, sir, don't. Uh, The gentleman yields. Please yield. Your time, I'm I'm gonna filibuster you right now. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna recite you right now. <laughs> recite the uh, Gettysburg Address. That's a very short document. Four so score and seven long. years ago, <laughs> one of the shortest speeches. Our forefathers, two, two minutes long, set forth the on this planet. The Philip before him, a better union. Gave a four-hour speech, and we don't even remember his and, name. And uh, Harry Potter went minute. to Hogwarts. <laughs> All right. So expectations, and this is going Am off the subject by a little bit, but. I wish there was a way to let our customers know that I'm very disappointed in them to some degree, some of them. And that is, and it's because maybe it's because the bar has been raised so much by other uh, things, but okay. We talk about how great an option and price point Eastman is for the, the dollar amount. You get a great instrument. Then there's also this boutique build that costs about five times as much as that. And you'll get people online saying, why would I ever pay five times as much for that? But then they'll buy that, $1,200 $1,200 Eastman, they get it and say, I see a small scratch in the finish when they buffed it. Or this nut width is just one thirty seconds, one sixty-four thousandth of a <laughs> hair I, I was tuning my, I was turning my tuner backwards and forwards for about three hours yesterday, and I noticed that one of the teeth 
was slightly ajar and it, it made a little binding. <laughs> and you say, hey, look, this is the this is the difference between the twelve hundred dollar guitar and the eight thousand dollar guitar is the time and perfection <laughs> so, yeah. you can put into that eight thousand guitar. They cannot release a guitar that has any buffing scratches because they are charging you eight thousand dollars. It is gonna be premium. They have spent more hours, more time on that guitar. You expect it and they will deliver it. This that- guitar, they're getting you a very good quality yes. instrument with a lifetime warranty. Well built, really good tone, good playability, but the the perfection is not going to be there. Don't expect this guitar to look and feel like this eight thousand dollar guitar. You brought that up, and that reminds me of a point I was trying to make a little bit ago yeah, about expectations. That. That I forgot. Good thing you, good thing you remember. I'm glad yeah, you I put that in my pocket. That in there. Uh, but that uh, that is absolutely the truth. Uh, the expectations of the customers. I. I you know, your point that you were originally saying was we shouldn't worry about ordering something online because the consistency is pretty much there. I think the problem with that now is everybody now expects even more than they would have expected 20 years ago. But are we speak, you guys specifically talking about uh, build quality or tone? I'm or talking both? about all of the above. Little tiny things. I think even in tone, I watch some of these people that will listen to something that they and again, that's fair for them to do. Um, you're, you're welcome to do that as a guitar player, uh, or a mandolin player, these little things that they think that they have to have. I think that's a fair thing. But if you were coming in there and going, I just want a really great sounding guitar that I know is going to stack up against anything out there. I agree with you. It is absolutely to the point now with most of these manufacturers, especially, uh, upper end, upper mid range and on up where you can expect this from the sound and the voicings. We talked about this a bunch of times as voicings are different. A bourgeois at boutique level, a bourgeois sounds different than a Boucher and a Atkin and this, they are deliberately going after a certain focus of tone um they're all going to be within that realm and i think you're going to have a very consistent run but again there's certain players always that are going to go yeah but i can't touch i can't buy that unless i touch it and feel well, that, it and make that that thing brings me my, my next thing i'm thinking in my brain can you guys hear it I, you guys hear it i feel it my thinking my thinking I string i can feel it i have a thinking string i smell something burning <laughs> No, so you're talking of consistency within reason. Um, yes. So we have the level of our our mass-produced guitars. But then you go into, uh, I want to use uh, Preston Thompson guitars as an example. We have, and there's other, manu- there's thousands of these guys that are building very small numbers and people ordering them sight unseen for ten to $20,000 in some cases. Um, on the... On the assumption, and I guess, uh, you know, expectation that they will be consistently good in tone and not only just the quality, because, yes, they're going to be consistent in the quality. I mean, obviously, they're not going to do anything to that guitar at that price point and put it out if it isn't to that exact level of, of quality. Sure. But the tone, I see these guys. How do you justify that if this person can't buy, uh, you know, a mass produced guitar that they can assume is consistent? Are people like Preston Thompson guitars building that much more of a consistent guitar? That there's a people reason are they're the cream of the crop. There's a reason that they have the waiting list. So you they've agree? Built, they, they've built the reputation of knowing and having the secret sauce. They have the bourgeois ear when he's tap toning guitars, or the the build quality and, and tone that they're getting out of Preston Thompson or Gallagher guitars. They all have their own kind of. Uh, reputation that they have built mm-hmm. and people trust that reputation because they are consistently putting that out there. So yeah, I think so it's the individual hands put on those guitars that you that built that brand. Yeah. yeah. And then they've, they're using their 
this is their take on it. And John talked about, you know, that there's going to be a bourgeois sound and a, a Boucher sound and a Ferk sound. And they all are going for something slightly different. Santa Cruz, the tone they're looking for. And you know how much I like scotch, guys. There, there's the, the PD <laughs> I, scotch Islay, Islay scotches. Isla. Islays. Isla. The Islands scotches. Isla. And the Highland scotches. Highland. They're, you're going to have those top brands that are consistently putting out stuff. But the, the PD-ness of an Islay scotch. Isla. <laughs> it's like Isla Fisher. And, uh, McAllen it being much more uh, smoky and, and, and rich. And, and they are both premium drinks, not going for the same flavor at all. I mean, it's, it couldn't be farther from each other. But you know they still have that reputation that they're going to be the top level. Same thing with a Boucher and a Bourgeois. The different tone they're going for in those instruments. But you know they're going to be premium and top level uh, mm-hmm. guitars and once they figure out how to make a blend uh a uh, a blend a guitar blend they are yeah uh, you know it's already happened it's a martin versus a blah 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 i mean that's what we're doing vintage guitars versus that we're making blends now modern sounds callings guitars has a blended sound of this and this that i find to be interesting or whatever the brand is <clears throat> like i said this goes this goes back to what are your expectations and i you know yes i think the consistency is absolutely there. What are your expectations in these brands? And you're asking why, in in my opinion, this is, you know, again, what I think when I hear, why is it that somebody's so confident when they buy a guitar that they will buy, they will custom order it two years out on a certain brand? Why? Because they know even if it's not exactly what they think it's going to sound like, it's still going to be absolutely fabulous and have some characteristics that no other guitar has. I'm sorry, but there are tiny variances that will never be absolutely tamed to the point that you can get it 100% there. I just, there's too many organic uh, differences in there. Variables. That's the word I was looking for that are in there. There's always going to, and it's going to, we're going to narrow and narrow. We've done it. You're seeing it. It's narrowed so far that it's always going to be there. But now the expectations have to be attained by the humans that are going to buy this. And I'm sorry to tell you this. I've, I haven't played them, but even on these super boutique guitars, I've had some people that come in and said, man, I played this one. It was just absolute garbage. And I, it cracks me up because I'll play that same guitar and I'll go, man, that could have been the greatest guitar that I ever heard in my entire life. Again, this variable now comes down to who are you and what organic differences uh, that were having to be done in that guitar build. There's always going to be some of that. So on a broad scale... The level of consistency has gone up tremendously, but there's still levels of expectation within that consistency that we're trying to see in I, this. I think we've come to a conclusion. So it's all nothing. guitars are better. All <laughs> guitars are better than they were in the sixties and seventies and eighties, right? Boy, you're going to get a lot of grief. On I'm that sorry. One. I'm sorry, people. I'm just going to say it. As far as consistency, absolutely, I would agree with you. There are some good guitars back then, but the quality of guitars have gone up. Even in the build quality of the guitars has gone up. I mean, there's cleaner, better, precise guitars, hand built or machine built. Either way, they're still better. But can you think of anything in our human history? And again, we may get some some recommendations and things I should look up, but that doesn't just continually can pro- progress. I mean, look at the football teams of the 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 heyday. You know, the 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 first cars. 
And cars. Cars were done. They, they quit. Everything is at such a higher level than it used to be. You watch some of those early basketball teams when they're, they're playing basketball versus now. The, the level has to keep going up constantly. The, the, the races, you know, people are running faster than they ever have before. Once you set a bar, it's human nature to try to exceed that bar. I mean, you guys in the vi- videos, if you go to any really good YouTube channel, go to their first video and then see what they're producing 10 years later. Because of experience, because you, the bar keeps getting raised, the the quality keeps going up. And I, I think instruments is just one Portillo's of those hot dogs and uh, Italian beefs have not gotten better. There's nothing you can. It's already perfect. You yeah. cannot prove on that. But did I'm they sorry. improve upon the hot dog of yesteryear? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying you wanted an example of something that I mean, hasn't gotten better with age. Speak out. I mean, that's that's it. Okay, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe in some instances things get to the perfection level and can't get improved. There are certain things you will never. I got a upon. question for you. There's never going to be. A I know two this mile, is you were you were wrapping up, but I think this is important mile. for me. Why is it that again you just said the sixties, late sixties and seventies? No, it's not. We went back to guitars. No, I'm going to bring this back, no matter what you guys do. I'm bringing it back Did to guitars. And Did you forget something? <laughs> no. Did you write it down? I got it. I, 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 all right, here it is. Um, why is it that we all grew up knowing that this era that we talk about, this seventies era instruments, were not great, and yet there's all these younger people who now play those instruments and go, oh my gosh, that is the greatest vintage sound that I've ever heard. I'm going to stand on this one, too. (laughs) Millennials are dumb. I'm sorry. They're just dumb. Sorry, guys. You you guys like stupid things, and you say stupid things. And you want for the millennial, we'll be podcasts. Yeah, exactly. I know you're the biggest portion of our audience right now, but you guys just don't know your whole from the... I think there, there's this retro thing. I mean, it's awful. The, yeah, it is a coolness factor of the old it thing. Or maybe their dad what they can one. afford, and it's it's the that. it's the vintage that they can afford. I believe. Well, that. there's a, we all went through that. I guess yeah. that's true. And I don't know that it's that know. prevalent. I think there's some people. Oh, like there, there's, there's a lot of hipsters that want to play uh, only only seventies and eighties Gibson, whatever. Yeah. Such and such. It happens. Well, it it yeah. happens a lot. Um, there's people online right now talking about the. D35 from 1960 to what, 65 or whatever it is. That's 68 came out. 68, 68, whatever it is. That is like the pinnacle of Martin guitars for them. And it's like, well, again, that's that's exactly what I said. But here's here's my point for this. This is my point. You you officially hit my point, which is we don't have consistent humans because you say that. And I think there is a sound that does exist. And I'm telling you, even there, that's true. uh, There's even stuff that I've gone back and listened to some eighties recordings of of bands that had some of the crummiest effects, keyboards and stuff like that. Gated drums. And Uh, and I listen back to that. And there's part of me that goes, man, cool, nostalgic tone, man. That is just the coolest. It's true. And then when you compare it to something that's out there, you realize it sounds like, Oh my God, that was awful. So you do have these terrible technique guys that can't sing with any technique yet. Yet you love them the same. There's some soul I there. Yeah. I, I still I can't agree. drink Pabst blue ribbon though. <laughs> I don't know why they're doing that. Back to Jeremy's uh, drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> I so just anyway. like the finer things. And By the way, that why? must be where the mustache kind of came in. <laughs> Jeremy's going through his hipster phase. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to start drinking, start PB- drinking I want to play. I want to drink PBR. Tight, I want to do this. Tight roll jeans to work. God. 
<laughs> All right, next podcast, hipsters. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy officially hit his midlife crisis. Yeah, but he went I weird. I want to come back and get he went him weird. Normally, you just normally you just buy a Corvette or something, but he went went back to being a hipster. <laughs> he said I want to be a hipster. Anyway. The kids think I'm cool. Yeah, they do. Anyway, so to wrap this up, put a fine tooth I bow. Wish you would do a that, fine please. tooth bow on it. No, you're so messed up with um, analogies. <laughs> We are in the golden age of guitar building or instrument building. We're not even going to say guitar building, instrument building. Um, There isn't an instrument out there that hasn't benefited from experience, technology, and uh, our forefathers setting forth to build a better guitar. (laughs) Here we go on the Gettysburg Address again. Uh, if I really wanted to filibuster like they do these days, I'd just go, la, 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 la. Um, But anyway. And, and more consistent, correct? <laughs> I, uh, there's a hundred percent your initial argument, and that's why I said you're I right and going you're back wrong. To his initial argument. His we initial argument. Is <laughs> why do you guys ago. even listen to the end of this? It's I don't know, uh, but he, he is right. It is so consistent right now that it is hard to kind of come up with major issues that you will come that you will see arise in instrument building. I don't think that world exists anymore. I just now say the variables are based on you as a human. Who and what you think the tolerances of those should be. Yeah. And I think that's I'm the biggest. I'm going to throw in with this consistency thing. Uh, we've talked about this little slight pet peeve of ours. And we, we definitely will go through every instrument that comes to our shop <laughs> and inspect it when it first gets here. Your before we ship it out, we go through the. No, I'm going to a different point. We'll, we'll inspect it before it goes out. We do not do a 98-point uh, setup on every single instrument, and neither do the other guys. Consistency, if we're buying an instrument, that is, and maybe they're buying some of these that they shouldn't be buying, but if you're buying from one of these reputable brands, the setup is 99% consistent. Like every guitar we get Within in from reason. just about every manufacturer we get are set up very well. We don't go back through and take the guitar apart, and the people we are Cutting buying this nut. guitar from are the experts. We are the salespeople. Why are we taking a guitar from the person that builds it and saying, you guys didn't do a good job. Let our store fix what you did. And then we'll send that to the customer on our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sales and marketing techniques using the term fully set up before shipping. To you. Um, no, yeah, I agree with you, Jeremy. We'll and it's adjustment because again, go out and- it goes back to re- in within reason. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain spec that we won't allow to pass through our, when we receive it. And when we ship it, there's a certain spec to a $10,000 guitar that isn't the same as a $2,000 guitar. So within reason, yes, everything Absolutely. is consistent. You need to have expectations. Um, but by and large, Reasonable I don't expectations. think, I don't think even in a brand like Eastman, we see that large of a variance in their instruments these days nope. to where any of them are unsellable or we think, well, this one's just not nearly as good as this one. I don't remember a time where we've received a bunch of Eastman's where we said, oh, man, that one's way better or that one's way worse than all the rest of them. They're all very extremely consistent within that price point uh, uh, expectation. Yeah. Agreed? Agreed. All right. That was fun. Well, guys, uh, was it? John, thank you for dressing up for today's podcast. <laughs> I'll um, do it again next week. He didn't get the memo. but You're probably going to have to put a shirt anyway. out for copyright 
probably. Well, yeah, Not worry about that. It's R O R. Yeah, he just kind of belly belly here and wrinkles and stuff. I I don't know how that X wing flies with all those lumps. Um, anyway, this was fun, guys. We're gonna have another podcast. I don't know why you're teasing. You have the same exact shirt, and I guarantee it's got more lumps under that one. Anyway. Guys, I, don't uh, have lumps. I I can't wait to see you guys again tomorrow. Uh, not doing lumps. a podcast. My lovely your lady. lady lumps. <laughs> Do all the boys come to your yard? Yeah. <laughs> Do you like milkshakes? <laughs> um, we'll see you guys next week. Are you guys going to be here next week? I'm not coming. It's not on the calendar. I'm not going to be here. That's right, fine. All right. Well, this is the last podcast. <laughs> Hope Sorry, you guys have enjoyed the acoustic shop. Knows people. The acoustic shop knew knows, people. We know things today. <laughs> And I don't know what we know. I don't think we know anything, really. Well, we'll back to this podcast, and that will be confirmed. All right. All right. Well, I'm out of here. Later. I'm hungry. Yep. Bye. Hotelos, anybody? The Acoustic Shop knows people. Handmade by Trent Pruitt, Hinkley Hinkleston, and Jason Chapman for The Acoustic Shop. Theme song written and performed by Ofer Corin. And please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.